Hi, this is Sarah Lewandowski with Advantages Magazine, and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm joined today by Renya Nelson, the CEO of BrandAid, and one of the industry leaders I spoke with for our November cover story. In the past year or so, we here in the editorial department at ASI have covered so many different merchandise lines that brands are coming out with, from Taco Bell wedding accessories to pillowcases and jewelry, to most recently t-shirts, coffee mugs, beanies, pillows, even Halloween costumes and inflatables to promote top ramen and cup noodle food products. So what does this mean for clients in this industry who want their promotional products to break through the noise as well? So that's what we set out to address in the Advantages article, which discusses the current state of what we're calling merch saturation. Basically, are we reaching a point where end users of promotional products are bombarded with so much merchandise that the message stops resonating with them, and how can our industry address that? So with all of that said, I want to welcome Renya to the podcast. Renya, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Sarah. I'm really happy to be here. Great. So when we spoke for the article, you had brought up a recent example of a client who was planning to use really cheap run-of-the-mill non-woven tote bags to promote their business until you kind of put a stop to it. Is the industry still stuck in that mindset of, you know, find the cheapest products, slap the brand on and push it out to whoever will grab a giveaway without really thinking of how a specific product can resonate with a more targeted audience? And I would think that both end buyers and distributors can be guilty of this. Yeah, Sarah, I think that I think that distributors and suppliers are guilty of this, definitely. I think that there are plenty of suppliers out there that are picking up on the uh, on these trends and how and how we need to be narrowing down the product lines um, so that or, or that how how suppliers need to be um, tailoring their product lines to a, a bit a bit more so that that we're not just seeing the non-woven poly bag and we're not just seeing water bottles and and seeing oh you're carrying a collection of 30 different water bottles because that's not that's not able to get the same that that water bottle isn't able to get the same message that um, something more specific like a Halloween costume for for top ramen is. Um, on the flip side of that, for distributors, we're we're getting a lot of marketing materials from suppliers that that don't really that don't speak to a specific story either. So I think what's really important is that I think that distributors need to really let suppliers know what their customers are looking for so that they can go and tailor their their product selections each year to to a more specific audience and and i think more specifically with um when it comes to the bag and when this customer had reached out to us saying hey we need to get these um we need to get more bags this is a non-woven poly bag i had seen um i had seen this customer's bag out in the market actually at a friend's house and it had a tear in it um, so I, I called her and said, Hey, look, I know that you're, I know that this is a price, this is a price issue for you, but why would you be, why are you trying to get these bags out everywhere? Why don't you be selective about who these bags go to? So, and, and to speak, to speak openly, this is a juice, a juice company. So this is a franchise juice company. They've got stores all over the place. Their bottles are glass bottles. And she was looking for a six pack tote. Um, so the tote that I had seen at, um, actually at a friend's house, um, had a tear in it. And so when I spoke to her, I said, why, why are you looking to just get this dollar bag out? Like, you know, you're spending a dollar. This is so, so cheap. You can't expect this bag to have a shelf life of more than three months. And so once that bag rips, it's, it's of no use to your customer. So why don't you think about your top 
50 customers and what you could give to them that has um, a stronger impact that they can take to their workplace and maybe put in a refrigerator that's going to be seen by a ton of different people at their office. And maybe that's a different material than non-woven poly. So she was open to the idea, but she, it's, it's hard for smaller distributors to, to showcase all of the different products out there on our, on our own personal websites. Often we have ESP websites or distributor central website, or some, some of us don't have any product um, websites out there at all for this very reason. Because shoppers are wanting to go online and do the shopping on their own. So often what they're seeing is what the top distributors in our industry are pushing the strongest. So if the top distributors in our industry um, are paying to play on ESP or Distributor Central, then our customers are often seeing what those distributors are pushing. So it's up to the distributor to make sure that in our email content that we're sending to our specific customers and that in our social media channels that we are showcasing the unique products that are out in our market, the ones that maybe don't cost a dollar and maybe that bag that I want to show her is $5. But, but, then, but then we're getting back into this idea of reusability versus recyclability. So that, that dollar tote bag is not, doesn't have a shelf life, right, of more than three months. Maybe it does for a little while and it's good for someone for a very short period of time, but that bag is not going to last for years to come. And so I think where distributors need to get, both distributors and suppliers need to start thinking about the mindset of reusability and how important that, that word is even over recyclability. So I think um, when it comes down to it, it's all about us pushing the best possible products we can so that we can wash out the noise of the really, really cheap products out there. So, you know, speaking about the end users and, you know, what they really like and distributors and suppliers getting on that bandwagon, tell us about that a little more. What types of products are really trending right now and how do distributors find out what's trending and how can they better target very particular recipient audiences? Okay. I think I think an easy way to find out what's trending right now is to simply look at um, what's, what's taking place in retail. So when I'm ta- when I'm thinking about what's trending in terms of let's say mugs, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go into um, a Starbucks and see what Starbucks is selling, or to see what another uh, major um, coffee retailer might be selling. I also, when it comes to trends, I also look to um, Target. Target is a phenomenal uh, company when it comes to trends. And when you go into Target and you go into their home section, you're going to see a lot of marble. You're going to see a lot of wood. And I think that there are plenty of suppliers out there that are following on these, that are following those types of trends. Um, and so I, I, when that, that's just coming down to just a couple specific products. Um, but when it comes to companies like what you were saying earlier with Taco Bell, McDonald's, and, um, and Top Ramen, those are those are brands that are really tuned into more pop culture. I mean, they're 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 looking at a demographic that's um, a bit younger, that's really tied tied into technology, and so it's important for distributors and suppliers who are paying attention to to those consumers and what their what their spending habits look like and where they're buying. And so I don't mean to t- I don't mean to say like oh go to Starbucks and Target only because that's not that's not where it ends. I think what 
what distributors and suppliers need to start looking at is what other products are out there that aren't just coming from China that can be really cool. And for us, what we've what we've noticed is we've noticed some companies that are not in our industry that are the, some some product lines that aren't in our industry that have approached us directly to say, hey, would you would you consider carrying this product? And um, so this. For example, this company approached us. They they make these um, garden kits, and they're really cute. And they've got sta- you know stainless steel um, little um, a little a little stainless steel garden kit, and it comes in a wooden box. They can brand the box. And they can brand the cart that's on the outside of the box. And so for us, we know that if we push that product, we're going to stand out amongst our competitors because nobody else is going to know where we got that product. So I think it's important to start looking at. What can we start? What, what can we? What can we pull into this industry that doesn't already exist? As a, and 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 taking a look at the trends that happen in, on not only on social media but um, that are happening in the tech industry, that are happening in fashion, and tying into those trends to, to determine what we're going to push out to our customers. So then, in addition to you know being very trend forward in this industry. How can social media then be leveraged to kind of create more excitement around these products when you have those very, again, like, you know, trend-forward items that you're offering? So I think with the trend-forward items, when it's not, it's not as simple as just to send an image of a trend-forward item to a customer. But instead, it's, it's about really trying to tie in the story of that product and why that product is unique. Um, for example, there's... A um, there's a line that is carried by a, a major supplier out in our industry. And I'm trying not to name names just because of of respect to all suppliers and distributors. But there is a supplier that has that carries a line that where all the proceeds go to a um, a military uh, military families. And so already right there, there's a story behind that product. And so it's up to us not on our within what we do is we. We we put together um, email content that goes out to our customers a few times a month that tells the stories of these different products. And so, when it comes to social, I think it's important to do the same thing. So, whether you're, you're whether you're going onto Facebook or Instagram or even YouTube or Snapchat for for some suppliers for some younger suppliers out there, that it's important to to outline what what the story is behind this product, why someone chose to even make this product in the first place. And if there's a tie-in to a, um, an organization, um, that's really important. Or if there's, a, if there's some type of cause behind it, it's just important to note, note um, pardon me, to let, um, to let your customers know that. So to me, it's all about the story of the product. And that's really easy to do across social channels as opposed to just sending out... Um, as opposed to just sending out traditional um, postcard mailers or whatnot, you've got more of an ability to engage with people and to let them to let them know why you care about pushing this particular product. So then, with all that in mind, 
you know, again, with the trend forward items, with, you know, distributing it or, or getting attention paid to them through unique ways, perhaps through social, that's a, um, a big one. Do you think there's opportunity now for the industry to think more strategically about promotional products and to use these different methods to distribute them in interesting and attention getting ways? And if so, it sounds like it would really require somewhat of a paradigm shift in the way promo products are traditionally sold. Absolutely. I think what has happened in years past is suppliers are just going to China multiple times a year to pick out their products off of the shelf and not think about what what, what they're buying and why. And that what happens is multiple suppliers are carrying the same products and they're not listening to us distributors who are the ones working with the customers. So just because a certain bag is uh, is selling at tens of thousands of units. I mean, that's, that's good, right? Sometimes that might be a shopping bag that might be, who knows what it is, but it doesn't mean that that's exactly what our customer is asking us for. It's, it's, it means that that's all we have to offer as distributors. So I think the paradigm shift really has to come from this, from suppliers opening up the conversation to distributors and letting distributors help out in the selection process of their products. And I know that there are a couple of suppliers out there that are doing this. And again, I'm not naming names on this podcast, but I'm happy to speak to anyone about it if they're, if they're curious about who is actually doing this. Because there are plenty, um, I would say at least half a dozen to a dozen suppliers are really onto this. And they're starting to make the shifts in those purchasing uh, decisions. All right, great. Well, thank you, Renya, for joining us today. Again, that was Renya Nelson of oh, Brand Aid. You, sure, you're welcome. To hear more from our industry experts on this topic, check out the November 2018 issue of Advantages Magazine in print or online at asicentral.com. Thanks for listening.